Well, hello, everybody. If you don't know who we are, um, I am Pastor Emily, and this is Pastor Greg. Your stool is so much taller. You're the one who picked him out. I know. I didn't realize we were going to be so. It's okay. <laughs> I kind of like it. Huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are uh, the family pastors here at Christ Community Church. Um, I'm typically downstairs with the kids. I'm out in the glorified garage. You can't call it that anymore. You redid it. It's beautiful now. It's if you haven't glorified, seen, but it's, it used to be a garage. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's gorgeous out there. So tonight, um, we are talking about protecting our kids, our teens on social media, and I think in a way protecting ourselves. I will say so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> protecting everyone on social media. Yeah. Um, we wanted to share uh, this year. Um, some different topics, some teachings throughout the year, and we thought instead of doing, um, you know, a class for a couple weeks or whatever um, downstairs, we wanted to share with everyone. So we're going to be doing these um, throughout the year, and this is the first one. Aren't you guys excited? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get you excited. I don't know. This isn't like a super exciting. I... It's exciting for me because I'm, I'm about the social media life. You are. Mm-hmm. Remember when you weren't? You were like anti-Facebook when it first I came was, out. I was, um, anybody else like took you a long time to get on Facebook, but then you gave in. Yeah, <laughs> a couple people, yeah. That was him, and now uh-huh. he's really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're talking about social media today, and really, I guess I would say technology as mm-hmm. a whole. I don't think you can really separate them anymore. I mean, technology kind of is social Yeah. now. Yeah. And a- as many of you know, um, in, in the workplace or pr- pretty much anything, you know, I know for like a lot of times with grandparents, they're like, well, you know, we used to like mail photos and stuff. I still, ma- I still mail photos. To, to family members. <laughs> now it's like, you want to see them? You got to get on social media. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. If you want to see pictures or keep up with people, yeah. you're on social media. Right. Oh, my computer went to sleep. Good job. Brandon, our tech and AV people are awesome. They're they awesome s- they saved there. us today. So, yeah, yeah, give them a hand. Yeah, They're amazing. Come on. So. When we first started talking about this, when Pastor, we're married, if, in case you don't know that, but <laughs> we don't just work together, we're married. So we were talking about this at home a lot, mm-hmm. and we didn't want to um, just come up here and spend an entire hour talking about how bad social media is. That's not productive. No, and it's, it's not a full truth either. There's a lot of great things about social media, so... We'll talk a little bit about both today. Right. We want to talk about both because, I mean, the reality is, I just saw my daughter run past. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) The reality is that, like you were saying, pretty much everyone is on social media or technology. Um, You have to in your job, most jobs, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you at least have to have email and understand how to work that, text messaging. Um, for schools, kids need to be on the computer even more so now with, you know, with the pandemic, kids are at home on the computer. They have to be savvy in technology. Yeah. How many people learned something new about tech, like learned how to do something new with technology since COVID? 
maybe you learned Zoom or you learned Zoom. some new form of technology or you had to learn, yeah. We had game nights, like family game nights on Zoom, you know, yeah. <laughs> trying to stay connected with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that's just where the world is going. And we, it it's where it is. Yes. It's where it is. And we see that over and over through history um, where you had new inventions that people were like, eh, what is the snowfangled thing? It's a telephone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, television and then computers. But the difference is with technology, it is so much faster. The technology changes so fast yeah. that it's hard to keep up with. Right. It's even hard for the creators of it and the, the people in charge of it to keep up with. Yeah, absolutely. Even, you know, people ask me and I'm like, I, I, I use it all the time. A new update comes out. All of a sudden, I don't know how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to relearn everything. So, yeah. Or have a teenager teach you. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> they know yeah. everything. And a lot of times they're, they're like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it takes them a while to catch up. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, we're going to go through some statistics. We're going to talk about how it affects our children. Um, and again, I mean, we're talking about children, but really it's people. It's us, too. Um, and we're going to go through um, some popular apps, different types of apps yeah. that people and kids are using, and then what can we do to protect our children online. So you have a handout um, if you want to follow along, because um, I know it's a lot of information. So... Um, so let's start with some statistics. How many people, let's just do a poll right now. How many of you have a computer in your house? How many of you have more than one computer in your house? Yeah. How many of you have a smartphone in your pocket right now or your purse? Yeah. It's, it's popular. <laughs> so 88% of middle school age youth have access to a computer at home, which we can see. I mean, we all have computers, so of course, um, youth are going to have computers. 95% of teens ages 13 to 17 own a smartphone. So they have a computer in their pocket, access to a computer at all times. Yeah, and even if it doesn't have mobile data, if it can connect to Wi-Fi, they can use all the apps. Yes. Um, and then 84% of teens have or have access to a game console, which, again, like when, when we were younger and we had like Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo. <laughs> you didn't connect to the internet. You had to play with your friend in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you have a game console, you actually have to be connected to the internet for it to work, correct? Um, or for a lot of the games to work? Yeah, to their full potential. Most, most kids are gaming online. Mm -hmm. So there, there are offline modes, but you don't have access to everything unless you're online. Well, and even televisions today, you have smart TVs. Right, which have the apps. Which have the apps on. even on your, on your TV. Mm -hmm. So 9 out of 10 teenagers use social media, and 71% 70, uh, use more than one social media app. So, again, very popular things. 80% um, of parents say their child ages 5 to 11 use or interacts with a tablet computer. So, that's a big thing. You know, teenagers, they have their smartphones. It's silly to call them smartphones. They're phones. I don't know if there's phones out there that aren't smart anymore. Are there? They exist. They exist. They're mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I see some finger pointing going on. <laughs> but kids, now, not only do you have that, but kids have tablets. Right. So you have maybe a computer in your house, you might have laptops in your house, you have phones in your house, and kids have their own tablets. 
-hmm. in their home. Um, And 63% of kids, 5 to 11, say the same about smartphones. Kids ages 5 to 11 have a smartphone. Yeah. That's amazing to me. Um, Under the age of 5, 48% interact with a tablet and 55% with a smartphone. So kids under the age of 5. Yeah. That's so young. But, I mean, my son son is 3, and he knows how to use my phone better than I do, so. Well, and (laughs) technically he has a tablet. He does. We own it. But, I mean, he's, like, he's so um, good at it. Like, yeah. they understand it. Mo- Moses, Moses had, had tablets. tablets. Good one. <laughs> good one. Man, I'm so glad I'm not the only one making dad jokes. I used to be out there. And, and that was I'm a good one. one. I like that one. Out there. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, this is a big one, though. 71% of teens hide their online activity from their parents. 71%. That is a huge number that hide, um, you know, what they're doing, their online activity. And that's because a lot of it is what, you know, things they're not supposed to be doing, things that they're exposed to, which we're going to, you know, talk about today. But um, 93% of boys and 62% of girls have been exposed to internet pornography before the age of 18. 93% of boys... That is a huge number before the age of 18. Um, And, you know, these are some statistics on pornography, but that's not the only danger online. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, like it's it's saying, like, the the stats, good, bad, or indifferent, we have a lot of feelings about technology. You know, Mm -hmm. I I wonder what that number was um, being exposed to pornography before Mm -hmm. the Internet. I mean, you know, how many people had those stashed in their house or their neighbor's house, you right. know? So um, people were exposed to pornography before the internet. Let's not it's just more readily available it's for them. Very available to find. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna just—you can read these stats on your own. I'm not just gonna read this thing. Um, but this. Um, really made me think it said more than half of teens are first exposed to porn because they were curious about sexual activity and other four in ten were simply looking for information mm-hmm. and so I mean kids are curious and what do you do when you want to know something you google it right, right. <laughs> and so instead of ask you know again like when we were younger you know y- you had a friend who maybe had an older brother or sister or you know y- y- I don't know I-, I was a good girl I didn't do that kind of stuff but <laughs> But, you know, there were ways that you could find information. But, again, now kids want to know, and they can just pick up a device and Google it. And then all of a sudden, it's not just, oh, here's the answer to your question. It's here's a video to show you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing uh, that we were talking about is, is like, the the scripture about um, all things are permissible, not all things are beneficial. And so um, a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight, you know, we, we look at these stats and some of them are scary. Some of them are, oh, my goodness. Um, how do you make these things work for you? How do you how do you make them beneficial? Right. And, and so counting the cost and can you help your kids or yourself or your people navigate 
these waters of social media? Because it's not going away. Social media is not going away. Technology is mm -hmm. not going away. It's just going to keep increasing. And so, and eventually kids, you know, they grow into adults. They're going to have access to these things. And so they yeah. need to learn how to create boundaries in their life and how to make decisions for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, healthy decisions instead of isolating them from something and then they go into the world and don't know how to make these decisions. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the things, uh, you might be saying it later, so I'll just wait about it being a tool. Yeah, I do. It's yeah. in my notes right I'm down gonna, here. I'm going to let All right. you go. Thanks. <laughs> All right, well, let, then let's keep going. How does it affect children? So these are the statistics. Mm -hmm. They're using it a lot. Right. How does that affect them? Um, we already talked about, obviously, they're exposed to unwanted sexual material. Um, so they're exposed to things that they are not ready to be seeing or shouldn't be seeing. Right. Um, technology takes away the ability to self-regulate emotions. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really, I don't know, just really interesting that when you're feeling angry or sad, you typically learn you know, you need to know how to regulate your emotions. When I'm feeling angry, I can't just explode. How do I mm -hmm. deal with that in a healthy way if I'm feeling sad? Um, but technology takes that away because they just move on to the next, uh, the next on thing. On to the next thing, yeah. I think there's two other things with that, too. One is the dopamine hit. Yeah. So when you're doing uh, social media or you're posting or you're getting that response, you're getting that immediate yeah. hit. And so you, you, maybe you have negative feelings going on instead of dealing with them. It's almost like a, a drug. And I understand that because, I, I mean, how many times have you, <laughs> you come home at night and it's like, what did you buy on Amazon? <laughs> right? Because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just not feeling that great today. And I'm just scrolling, and then it's like, ooh, an Re ad. Retail therapy. Retail therapy, yeah. Right. Ooh, I think I need it. This is a shirt that I got on Amazon one late one night. How many of those did you get? This is the second one <laughs> I got. I got it in a different color, too. <laughs> They're really comfy. But again, I mean, it was just because I saw it on an ad. Right. Because I was, you know, not feeling that great that night, scrolling on Facebook, and there's an Amazon ad. Yep, and also just the ability to just veg out. Yeah. So I don't. You know, I don't have to think. I don't have to. Like yeah. Mind numbing. So you're avoiding uh, dealing with your emotions mm -hmm. and you run to that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, social media causes a twisted perception of reality. And I think this is so big and we see this so much right now um, in our political climate, in um, the news. Um, you know, this fa fake news spreads six times faster than regular news. I don't know. Yeah. And how do you even know, the, like, what is fake news? <laughs> right? What's the truth anymore? How do you know? Yeah, how can you tell? How can difference? you tell? Yeah, how can you tell the difference between what's fake news and what's real news? Um, because what I see on social media is not what you see on social media. Because if you don't understand how it works... Um, in Facebook and Instagram and all these things, they use algorithms to determine what you see, whose mm -hmm. posts you see first, what news you see. Mm -hmm. So I might be seeing a news article that you don't see, uh, that you would never see based on what the algorithm knows about me. Mm 
you can even go into, you can actually go into your phone and look at the settings and Google has basically a description of you based on the information that they have collected from you, whether it's what you're looking at, the emails you're getting, the things you're searching, the things you're buying. Mine actually <laughs> says that I'm a 25-year-old male. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've been looking up a lot of stuff about superheroes. <laughs> I'm really into the Avengers. <laughs> so mine's a little off. But, um, but yeah, you can actually go in and they take this information and that's how they determine what you see. Mm -hmm. So it may not be truth. It's what they want you to see. Right. I'm not going to share what they thought I was. <laughs> okay. A <laughs> little, little older than, than what, what I am. So. I thought it was funny. I'm a 25-year-old male. Yeah. <laughs> They're a little off. So, um, but this causes a twisted perception of reality because, again, you think you're seeing reality and it's not. Mm -hmm. It's a reality based around you yeah. and your interests and your beliefs, and it's not necessarily the truth. Right. So, um, other things that have... Uh, an effect on kids. Uh, child suicide rates have soared by up to 150% in the past decade. That's huge. Um, Self-harming by girls aged 10 to 14 has almost tripled since 2009. And they directly, they can tie that directly to social media because at that time is when social media became available on mobile devices. So they can see exactly from this point, when social media became available on mobile devices, we've seen this huge increase in self-harm and suicide rates among teenagers. Yeah, the com comparison is, is crazy. And again, to the point that, um, you know, I, I just want to stress as well that, like, we're talking about protecting our children, okay, but also we see these things in, in adults. Absolutely. Too. You know, so it's across the board, Ab mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, so, I mean, even um, filters, everything has, like, filters on it, and it becomes reality. You think, oh, their skin looks like that. Oh, they're, you mean, like, filters on pictures and stuff? Yeah, or even when you're doing videos, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's filters that smooth your skin. They make your eyelashes look bigger. Mm -hmm. They make your eyes pop. And so people use these. And it's so normal that they're just like, oh, that's just how they look. Right. Or not. because you're getting a glimpse, a one-second picture into someone's life. Mm -hmm. But, that again, that's not reality. Right. I can take a picture of me and my kids smiling, and then no one sees <laughs> <laughs> before and after. You had to after. scream at them for five yeah. minutes Just to take that, that picture! <laughs> <laughs> um, but... You know, what, one of the things that causes these uh, the self-harming and suicide is because of cyberbullying. Cyberbullying is the most common online risk for all teens. So cyberbullying is even a higher risk than um, pornography and predators, online predators. Um, only one in ten bullied victims ever tell anyone. 58% of teens who have been bullied say they've never told an adult. Um, I thought this was interesting. Only 7% of parents say they worry about cyberbullying, but 33% of teens say they have been bullied. Mm -hmm. So it is a very real thing that parents need to be aware of. Right. 85% um, of teens say their school didn't do enough to help them, 
and more than three million school absences each month are attributed to bullying. That's amazing. Kids don't want to go to school because bullying isn't just the kid on the playground anymore right. or the kid you see at school. It's constant. It doesn't stop. It can go all night mm -hmm. on their phones. And it's strangers. A lot of times, you know, it's someone at school, but a lot of times then it's people they don't even know. Well, stuff spreads so fast. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the thing is, you know, when you're going word of mouth, it takes a little bit of time, right? But when you post it and then, you know, within the hour, hundreds of people can see it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough. So we watched, um, if you haven't seen it on Netflix, the documentary, The Social Dilemma, which is where we got a lot of Has our statistics. Seen that? Social, the Social Dilemma? Okay, very few. Very okay. few. I highly recommend watching it mm -hmm. um, because that's where we got a lot of these statistics. A lot of this information is from people who worked in big tech, big tech this industry, and they recognized the problems, mm -hmm. and now they're speaking out about it. And one of the things they said was the danger is not technology. We can easily say like, oh, technology is dangerous. But it's not the technology that's dangerous. It's that the technology brings out the worst in society. Mm -hmm. It brings out the worst in us. Right. Because it feeds into your weakness. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that um, brings you down, the thing that um, causes you to sin, Whatever your weakness is, the technology feeds on it and pulls it out. Yeah, because the, the way it works is the longer you spend looking at something, the more it's going to show you. Mm -hmm. And so, like... It, That's it, how the algorithms work. Right. right. So, if, you know, if, like, for, for kids or boys, you know, you spend that little bit of extra time on that photo of that girl, well, guess what? They're going to throw They're gonna a throw more. more mm -hmm. You know, plus... Again, they usually know your age, and mm -hmm. they already have algorithms for that. Right. They know your gender. They know your age. They're gonna. They throw know your your political beliefs. They know things you will click on because that's where they make their money. And so, that kind of goes into the next point about social media is not a tool, mm -hmm. right? So a tool is doesn't have an agenda. A tool is a tool. This table doesn't have an agenda. It's something you can pick up, put down, and it's, yeah. So, but um, social media does have an agenda, and, and it works. It, you are the product the agenda, that is being sold. Well, the agenda so. for social media is to make money, right. right? That's bottom line, is for these people to make money. And it's not the items that they're selling or the advertising, it's you. You it, are the product that these companies are selling to their advertisers. Right, so the more you look or scroll past an ad, the more money they make. So they're making their money off you. Does that make sense? So you are the, the user there. Yes. So. Yeah, so they're selling you. Right. And your information. And so then that's what you're gonna see more and that feeds into your weaknesses. Right which can be very dangerous for anybody, but then put a kid unregulated on that. They don't, you know, they don't know how to make those decisions, how to stop, how to, you know. Not click on everything. Not click on everything, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, man, this sounds very scary, Greg. 
It does. Why are we on social media then? We are on social media because there are a lot of good things if you are trained. Again, I think of it like navigating the waters. If, if you have been trained, if you're mature enough to navigate the waters, then you can pull good out of it, right? And, and we look at big tech and we say, this is awful. How can they do it? Listen, th this is the business model since the beginning of time for every business person, right? You watch football games, guess what? They are showing you ads and commercials that will appeal to people that watch football. I mean, if you own a business, you know your job is to get people to buy your product. Your job is to get people to look at your product. Why do you choose the advertisements that, that you choose to advertise your business if you're a business owner, right? There's psychology involved in that. The thing is, big tech has, has the finances and the money to have supercomputers doing this and they're doing it better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. And so we're upset by that and we're saying you need to be responsible for that. They do need to be responsible. And, and absolutely. But, but we also need to be responsible. Yeah, and so that's what we're here to, to talk about is being responsible with this. Yes. How do we teach our kids to be responsible? And I think one of the first things in order for us to be responsible is to understand what's out there. Yeah. I mean, I think most of us, you know, we know Facebook, right? How many people know Facebook or, you know, have used Facebook? No, yeah. no one wants to raise their hand yeah. because they don't want people to <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think that's one thing we're pretty familiar with. Right, when we think social media, but there are so many apps out there. And every time you find a new one, the kids are already on to another new one. <laughs> right, and they're not all, you might not think of them as social media. So, right. Yeah. So, so we're, we're going to go through. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go through some different, we're going to go through different types of apps and kind of talk about, you know, what sh we should know about them. So the first one is texting apps. You need a texting app. You can't just use your texting on your phone. Right. Kids have apps to do this. Um, in fact, the texting app Kick is used by 40% of teens. Yeah, and one of the big reasons for that is because you don't need mobile data. So because oh. it's all done through an app, um, there's some kids who like have phones, but it has to be connected to Wi-Fi or whatever. This is a way they can text each other by using Wi-Fi and not mobile data. Now it makes sense. I didn't even know that. Thank you for sharing. That's what I'm here for. Yes. Um, so with these uh, apps, though, you can send anonymous messages. It's not just like texting my friends. You can get text messages from strangers, from anonymous people. So it can be a source of bullying. Um, there's definite stranger danger then involved with that as far as getting anonymous text messages. Um, in fact, Kick is the app that is mainly used by child predators to contact kids. Yeah, and a lot of the younger kids are on that because once you're older and you have mobile data, then, mm -hmm. you know, then you're using regular text messaging. Right. All right, um, other types of apps, photo and video sharing apps. So these are things like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, um, OnlyFans. These are apps that share photos and videos. Yeah, so TikTok, one of my favorites. 
to get a good <laughs> laugh out of, but people are so talented, <laughs> and you can find them on TikTok. But um, yeah, TikTok is is a huge one huge. that that has recently blown up. Um, and then you have this one called OnlyFans, and so the way that works is people can set up an OnlyFans page, and then um, people subscribe to them, and and they pay. actually pay money. But like somebody can set up an OnlyFans and it's completely pornographic. Um, and people pay them for their videos. Right, exactly. Now with that, with OnlyFans, you do have to be 18 and over and they, um, from what I've read, you have to like submit your driver's license and they do all these checks to make sure, you know, that kids can't get on it. But, you know, it made me think like, well, how many kids you know, again, have a friend who has like an older brother or, you know, an older sister or, you know, kids are crafty. Teens are crafty. They will find a way, you know, to get this information. Um, it, and plus it's used by a lot of celebrities now mm-hmm. that kids follow. Yeah, I think um, celebrities, musicians, people that um, were used to making a lot of money and were very... Um, like you didn't have access to them. So what they're finding is a way to supplement their income, give people access to me and they will pay for it, mm-hmm. right? So um, there's lots of different platforms. Um, another one is Patreon um, and what's Cameo? Yes, Cameo. Cameo. You can like pay a celebrity and they will like- Sing happy birthday or, to your or friend. send some sort of- message to you know like if I wanted to get a celebrity to send you a message I could just pay them and they would do that or if they set up one of these sites yes you pay and now you have access to whatever they're putting out there so I mean those are kind of extreme let's pull back a little bit Instagram TikTok YouTube those are ones that are widely popular and used by a lot of kids in fact YouTube 89% of parents of a child ages 5 to 11 say their child watches videos on YouTube as do 81% of those who have a child ages three to four. So young. Yeah, so many of you watch television, you have your shows, right? And how many of you have switched to streaming services? Because you just pick your shows, right? Mm -hmm. That's the idea of YouTube. These kids like YouTube because they like people like, you may have heard of somebody called Ryan. He opens toys. But he has a show and he makes millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And he's a kid. Um, So basically kids can pick their shows with YouTube. I mean, and that's what kids want to be now. You ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a YouTube star. Yeah. That's, Mm -hmm. YouTube is really big. Um, And again, these don't, they don't have to be a negative if it's done right. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, we watch TikTok. Like, that's what we watch at night. <laughs> to me, it's like, you know, how many of you used to watch, like, America's Funniest Home Videos, right? You watch people do stupid things. <laughs> that's what it is. It's people, or people who are really talented, and, you you know, you see singers and things. Because you can set, basically, your preferences of what you see, correct? Well, they're going to throw things in there, right? Okay. And so that's the thing. You're scrolling and you're like, man, this is good. Oh, this is so funny. And then you get one and you're like, whoa, Scroll. scrolling past that. Right. Um, with kids and no accountability, are, are they going to continue to scroll? Yeah. 
And we say kids, again, adults. Our adults kind of continue right. to scroll. Right. So being able to navigate the waters, is it beneficial for you? Right. Is what right. And are you, about. yeah, are you able to do that? Um, another big thing with Instagram, like you were talking about with the filters and stuff, people use social media as the measure of their success. So how many, you know, they post a picture, how many likes did I get? How many followers do I have? Yeah. And did you know you can buy followers? I just learned this. I read an, or I watched a video on they were trying to make these Instagram influencers to show them how easy it is to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's because they buy their followers and they're not even real people. They buy bots mm -hmm. that yeah. are like robots. I don't know. They're like fake people. Fake accounts. Yeah. Fake accounts. It runs your numbers up. And yeah. then you get these huge numbers. So these people who say they have like a million followers, they're not even real people. Yep. They bought them. But kids see that and they think, well, I'm not as popular. I'm if, not as cool. If they, some, sometimes this happens with people, they'll post something. If it doesn't get enough engagement in like the first hour, they delete it. Oh, it must have been a bad photo. Must have been this, must have been that. They'll just delete it and then try something again later. But they feel so bad, so self-conscious about what they put out there that they feel like, oh, people don't like it, I'm just going to take it down. I've, I'll be honest, I've done that, where I've put something that I thought was, like, really funny, and, like, no one likes it or laughs at it, and I'm like, oh, I'll delete that. Yeah. Maybe it was a bad joke. Yeah. No one got it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 you get uh, an emotional response, good, bad, or indifferent. indifferent. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, microblogging. So some examples of this would be Tumblr, Twitter, Reddit, um, these are apps or websites that it's, it's blogging, it's sharing your thoughts. So it's not necessarily chatting um, or video or photos, but it's sharing your thoughts, sharing your opinions, um, sharing information. Um, on these sites, there's limited privacy. Most of it is public. It's out there for everyone to see. There's not privacy settings. Um, and pornography is very easy to find on these websites. And the more you click on, like Reddit is a huge one. Mm -hmm. People just scroll Reddit and it's, um, you know, you're seeing all the ads and what you click on is what they're going to show you. Yep. More of. Yep. All right. Then we have live streaming apps. I'll be honest. I don't know much about um, live streaming apps. So these are um, some examples. House Party. Is it live.me? I'm going to guess so. Um, you now, I think I have OnlyFans on there again. I meant to cross that off. Um, so a lot of these apps use um, geolocation to share videos. So they use your location. They know where you're at. Um, they can have a lot of inappropriate comments. It's live streaming, right? So it's things that are happening. You can't control what you're seeing on the screen because it's live. Mm -hmm. Yep. House party really blew up during the pandemic because it was a way for people to hang out and play games or watch movies. Like, hey, you know, we're all going to watch this movie on house party. So is that similar to Zoom? I think so. Um, so I haven't done house party, you but that's no, no one invited us to their house party. I mean, I got invited to one. What? Thing. I didn't do it though. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's basically that. You're, okay. You're hanging out everywhere. With a talking. group. Yeah, but... Um, but again, it's live, so anything can happen. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people use it to chat with people they don't know, 
-hmm. strangers, predators can use it. Okay. Um, next big one, self-destructing apps. Self-destructing apps. You put that in, in quotations. Because they really don't. They don't. It's on the internet. Data is data. Once it's there, it's there and it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. um, and so with these types of apps, especially Snapchat is a huge one with um, teens. Snapchat's probably one of the most used app with teens right now. Mm -hmm. um, it's the way they Every text. 69% of teens use Snapchat. And um, again, there's that false sense of security that, well, I'm going to send, like if I send you a text message, it's going to continue to be there. But if I send you a, a Snapchat. Snapchat, it's going to disappear. How long is a snap? Is it called a snap? Yeah. How long um, is a snap available before it disappears? If it's in a direct message, um, you can have it set so that it's, they can view it once and that's it. And it's gone. It can't be replaced. But if they view it, they can screenshot it. Yes, which it... Which um, is basically like taking a picture of your screen. So if someone screenshots your Snapchat, it, it sends like a message that like, hey, so-and-so took a screenshot, but... Nothing you can, can you do, do about it's it. Done, yeah. You know. But so they have this false sense of privacy mm -hmm. that it's going to be deleted or no one can see it. So Snapchat, these types of apps are used a lot for sexting, sending pictures, yeah. dark content. And Snapchat's one of the worst with um, like their, it's called the Discover page. So on that landing page, when you open your app, mm -hmm. like the home page. It's all like things that they want to feed you really big. And like you open the app to interact with your friends, right? Mm -hmm. That part is teeny tiny. The part that's super big is all the sponsored click on this. And mm -hmm. it's like not good stuff. It, it's never. Never good. <laughs> it's never good stuff that we would want our kids to be clicking right. on. Or so. anyone to be. If it's not good for our kids, yeah. then we, we shouldn't be looking at it either. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Amen. All right. Amen. Um, and again, like dark content, you know, we talk again, we talk a lot about pornography and sexting and all this stuff. But I mean, there's the side of cyberbullying, self-harm. I mean, there are there, there are people, kids who take pictures of themselves harming themselves, videos of themselves harming themselves and put these, you know, on the Internet, on apps for other people to see. Because, again, then they don't feel shame because other people are doing it. Right. All right, chatting or meeting apps. I would even call these dating apps. A lot of people use these for dating. Um, you have Monkey, Meet Me, Omegle, Tinder, Yubu, and Amino. I think probably most people might know Tinder. Like, that's, like, a popular dating app. Right, and you think, like, well, that's for adults, right? But um, kids are using them, lying about their age. A lot of these apps have age limits, but all you have to do is click, yes, I'm over the age over of... 16 or, or 18 or whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, these apps um, typically have open location and personal information out there. Um, this One of the big ones right now that's new is Omegle. Or it's not new, but it's gaining popularity. And basically it's like a roulette of videos. Uh, not videos, but like live chat with strangers. So you sit there on your screen and then someone comes in and it's a live screen of a stranger. You're talking to them and you chat 
And then like they go, you know, I think you can like leave it or whatever. And the next one comes up and I'll be, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I was with a bunch of teens last weekend and they were saying like, oh, I was on and someone, you know, a guy came in, blah, blah, blah. And I had to turn it off. I'm like, then don't be on that. What are you doing? But I mean, it's that quick. They're on it and they see something. Right. Scary. Um, so, yeah, these sexual chats, they have contact with strangers. Um, they might meet someone who then they have, um, you know, predators can groom them through this. They talk to them about how beautiful they are, how, you know, they, have, they feel like they have the, this connection with someone. And it typically leads to meeting in person, mm-hmm. which then that never ends well. Not usually. I mean, Instant Messenger worked out for us. AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, but we met in person first. We did. That's true. We were talking about that. That so, Greg and I we met when we were fifteen. Mm-hmm. A little bit about us. Um, he lived in Ohio. I lived in Michigan, and so we exchanged email addresses and AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. And for two years, that's how we communicated. So we were saying like, wow, we were like early social media. <laughs> like that was the beginning yeah. of our relationship so it did work for us yeah so again benefits of social media if you know how to use it and you're we, using yeah it well right but i had great parents who set up you know right. i had a curfew we'll talk about those yeah. yeah okay all right so lastly these apps gaming apps some examples you might have heard of some of these games again these are really big with kids not just teens um fortnite roblox minecraft among us animal crossing some of the things to be concerned about. Number one, in-app purchasing. <laughs> you may not realize that your kid has the ability to purchase things in the app. Make sure your credit card's not, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> attached to that. Yeah. You're going to get a, um, a surprise when your bill comes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these apps, these games, have contact with strangers. So they're playing with people from all over the world they're yeah. playing the game with. So imagine, like, an open level where, like, you're interacting in this open level, but there's other people from all over the world. All different ages. Also interacting in that same world. I, right? I read an article yesterday of a woman, her daughter was playing, I can't remember which one, I think it was Roblox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, her seven-year-old daughter was playing Roblox, and she said luckily she had been watching at just that point three other of the characters in the movie, in that movie, three other characters in the game started doing inappropriate... Like, sexual acts. On her daughter's, like, avatar, her character. Yeah. So, you know, she shut it down. But imagine a kid who's playing by themselves and sees this and this happens. I mean, basically, she was assaulted in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's language, there's sexual content in these games. Again, you're dealing with people. Um, check the ratings, this ESRB, these are the ratings for games. You can actually go to their website and they have an app. So if your kid is talking about a game, you can look it up real quick on the app and see what that game is rated and, you know, the concerns. So make sure you know those. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're going to talk here real quick about incognito apps. Why don't you tell us about this? See them? (laughs) No. Good job. See what I did there? Yeah, you're so clever. Yeah. So um, it, it, incognito apps or, you know, different browsers, you go, you can go in incognito mode. It doesn't save your history. It doesn't save your cookies, all these things. And 
So it's a way that um, people think that they can surf the internet or do things in a safe manner because there's no trail left behind. Of course, right. you know that's not true. But right, but so if a kid knows, like, hey, my mom check checks my Google search history, I can do Google incognito mm -hmm. search, and it's not going to show up. Right. Yeah. Um, then we have this thing called Finsta. Yes, Finsta, fake Insta. So a lot of times what happens is people will create their regular account, and, you know, hey, that's the account that, you know, my friends at church have, that's the account that my parents have, that they follow me on, but then I have this fake one, I use a different name, different picture, and only this group of people, I, it's private, and I only allow these certain people to see it. And that's typically where then they feel like they can be their, their real self and mm -hmm. share whatever. Yeah, or bully people, or oh, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's this thing called jailbreak or rooting your app. Kids can get a app to um, break restrictions on their phone. So if their parents set a restriction on an app, they can jailbreak it, mm -hmm. kind of a workaround. Um, and then icon hiding apps. So they might have a game or an app on their phone, but it's hidden on the home screen. So no one sees it. So again, a parent can look, oh yeah, it looks fine when really they do have this app. Right. It's just hidden. So again, like you said, these apps can be dangerous. There can be problems with them. Yeah, are you freaked out yet? I am, but how but do we protect, how do we protect our kids with it then? Yes. So again, these are here. How do we protect our kids? How do we teach them to be responsible and make good decisions? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I know just with our ministry how much we use social media. We do. And um, group chats, mm -hmm. they aren't happening via text messages. They're happening in Instagram. It's it, because you're, you are building relationships through it. Right. The kids are um, on their social media pages able to promote their youth events to their friends. Like mm -hmm. they might not take the flyers that we print out and go pass them out at school. <laughs> but if they share it to their social media, right. they're telling all their friends, hey, I'm going to this. Right. And then um, we just had a retreat. It was only a couple days. We let the kids bring their phone. They're posting the whole time they're there. Their friends are seeing, hey, I'm at a, at a church event right mm -hmm. now, you know, having a great time with right. my friends. So there's, so there's there a lot is of benefits yeah. to it or ways yeah. that you can use it in a positive manner. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how do we protect them then? Um, number one is to set restrictions, especially with young kids. Like we said, our kids do have tablets. We have age restrictions set on them so that only certain games for that age shows up. Right. Um, and they're password protected, so they can't change that because they don't know the password. Mm -hmm. um, another big one, require permission to download apps. So if your child has a tablet or a phone, require them to ask permission before they download an app. Yeah, even those um, little, like, like our kids have Amazon. Fire tablets. Fire tablets, yeah. yeah. So they have the ability to download apps. Now, there's age restrictions, so it's, mm -hmm. it's kids' apps, mm -hmm. but what Amazon deems 
appropriate for a six-year-old might we be might different not. Yeah. than what I deem appropriate. So still saying, hey, before you download something, you need to you need to ask. We'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And I think before we even, I think, <laughs> I didn't even put this on here, but I, I don't know. I guess I feel like it's an unspoken rule, but maybe a lot of parents don't think this. This is not your kid's property. If they're paying, if if they're paying for it, then yeah, I guess it is. But if you're paying for it, it's yours. Mm -hmm. And you can look through it and you can keep tabs on your kids and you can take it away. Okay. Like I'm giving you permission (laughs) to do that. They can come yell at me if they're mad about it. That's fine. But if you're paying for it and if your kids are in your home, you should be looking through this. So that's my soapbox moment for the night. You're on it. Do it. Um, okay, so then if you're doing that, if you're looking at their phone, you know what apps are on there, and they need to request permission to add a new one. And so then if they do download an app, go through the security settings together. Set the privacy settings together so you know that they are um, safe. Yeah, all these apps have, like, a default privacy setting which is usually pretty Usually pretty public, low. yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, whatever app you're in, usually if you go to account or settings, you can manipulate what information they can take, what information they can share, mm-hmm. um, different things like that. And your kids, it's an education point for the kids. Like, they will read these things and be like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, when you download something, it's like, you know, you, I accept terms and conditions, right? Yeah, who actually reads that stuff? (laughs) Yeah, but actually taking the time to like read through some of that stuff Mm -hmm. opens up some good conversations with your kids. Like, do you realize what you're giving people permission? What access they have, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, Have a parent-child contract that lays out the rules and the consequences. So if your child has a tablet, a phone, a laptop, anything, You should have a contract with them. These are the rules. These are the expectations. And if these rules are broken, these are the consequences. And then you read through it together and both sign it. Yeah, and a lot of times, let them have input in that. Yeah. You know, what should your consequences be? The other thing is, like, with a time limit, what do you think is an appropriate amount of time to spend on on your phone or on Mm -hmm. social media? And um, they might say something like, maybe two hours a day and they might not realize they're actually on their phone five or six hours a day yeah so and you can check that too you you can can check how long people are on different apps Mm -hmm. um use in public spaces uh i think this is really important um because so many times we just allow our, our we allow our teens our kids to carry this around everywhere with them and this is Public. This is the world at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the full internet. I mean, we we both of us had this. Our computers were in public spaces in the house. They weren't in bedrooms. You know? Right. Right. Yeah, our computer needed to be where the whole family could see it. So I would say the same with tablets and phones. Um, a lot of families do this where they're not allowed in the bedroom. If you want to use it, it's out in common spaces. Mm-hmm. Um. So not only can you hear it, but you can see it. Because I know a lot of times, I've heard some things about YouTube where um, the sound might be normal, but a video will have, like, images spliced in. Mm. Like, for kids' videos and stuff. 
facilitate stuff. People are weird. Like, who has this much time? I don't know. It's awful. But, you know, so it's not even just a thing of, oh, I can hear they're watching this video. It's I need to be able to see what they're doing. So use in public spaces, in, in, you know, in your home. Don't keep a, computers, laptops, things in the bedroom. Uh, create a docking station. Have a curfew. Set a time limit at night. After this time, phones are off. Tablets are off. Yeah, they're charging on the kitchen counter, not in the bedroom. Not in the bedroom. Because, mm -hmm. again, kids are up all night getting messages, getting these notifications. Falling asleep with their phone in their hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. So create a, sta a docking station with even adults. You put your phone. Everyone's phones are at this docking station. Go back to Absolutely. using old school alarm clocks. Yeah. <laughs> so, the first, so you're not picking up your phone first thing in the morning, right? You pick up your phone to turn the alarm off, and then it's, oh, I have a notification. Oh, I have an email. And we go right to this from the moment we open our eyes. All right, next one. Require permission to post. If your child is on Instagram, is on Facebook, kids aren't really on Facebook, let's be honest. Is uh, it, actually, do you think I it's think still so. popular? Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, well, if they're on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever they're on, have them ask permission to post something. If they're going to post a picture, make sure you see it first. You want to protect their online reputation. We're seeing now colleges, jobs, careers, they're looking at people's past social media use. Mm -hmm. You don't want your kid to, you know, get ready to go to college and then they look and they go, oh, well, you posted this when you were in ninth grade. <laughs> you know, inappropriate. Yeah. So um, part of that then too is following yeah. your, your kids on social media. If they have a TikTok, you should have a TikTok. So you know <laughs> what's going on, you know. Yeah. Um, just again, just to be aware that which is again, uh, maybe you're sitting there like, why are we even talking about this in church? But um, I think it's pretty important um, to have a biblical worldview yeah. in, in our homes. And so, like, we need to be aware. We need yeah. to be aware of what's going on. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, yes, following them on the app, whatever they're on, you can enjoy social media together. Yeah. Absolutely. So, hey, you know, you really like this app. Why don't you show me some of the stuff? And, and I understand, like, kids, if you're like, hey, let's watch some TikTok videos, they're, they're going to be like, get away from me. <laughs> you know, but. Um, That's how I feel when my kids ask me to watch Ryan with them on YouTube. <laughs> get away from me. No. But we do it, right? We do and, it because we want to know what they're into and what they're and, interested in. And. O have open dialogue and discussion. I mean, communication is what helps have faith talks to help them navigate these waters. Yeah. Because, again, the reality of social media, the reality of using technology, um, like, this is it. We're here. We've mm -hmm. arrived. This is where we're at. So we need to be having the discussions and teaching our kids how to use them properly. Yeah, it makes me think of, you know, our verse, Deuteronomy 6, you know, you're supposed to have these faith talks when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you're, you know, walking down the road, scrolling. when you're scrolling yeah. <laughs> your social media feed. I mean, that's, that's our day-to-day -day activities now. Right. So you're right. These are great opportunities to be having these faith talks with your kids. Yep. And then setting the example. 
I know we, we love to talk about Gen Z. I mean, we love to put... Uh, that's the, the, the like, the young, which, which one is Gen Z? So that's just below millennials. So, so like high school, college age kids right now. Yeah, what, what, what mm -hmm. are junior high kids? Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, it's easy to just point the finger at them, but I tell you what, I love my mom. She sends me a Facebook, something off Facebook at least once a day. In, in my Facebook Messenger. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be honest, adults are on social media mm -hmm. too. Um, are you scrolling on your phone? We talk about kids, oh, they're constantly on their phones. Everybody's constantly on their phones. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, uh, it's not limited to a certain age group anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so set the example. Put the phone away when you're at mealtime. Phones, you know, mm -hmm. no phones at the dinner table or. Yeah, whatever, whatever the rule is for your home, right. you know, what works for your home. But these are some ideas that. No, it's cool because I'm working. I'm working. Right. This is important. Yeah. This is important. Right. I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to remind you of that. <laughs> Constantly working. And post appropriately, too, as adults, you know, again, setting the example, making sure that we're posting appropriate things. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to jump down here. Parents on social media. Don't post embarrassing photos or stories of your kid or yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. We need to ask permission if we're going to post something about our kids or tell a story about our kids, get their permission. Yeah. Um, do, you know, before you post uh, a family photo, do you ask your kids or the people in that photo, hey, do you care if I post this? Yeah. Um, it can be difficult, you know. Uh, for for kids, they show up somewhere and people, oh, hey, did you enjoy this? Hey, I saw you doing that. I saw you went to the zoo yesterday. How was it? Yeah. <laughs> kids like, like, what? <laughs> yep. And I mean, we, we see that even here a lot. You know, people mm -hmm. see that uh, a family went and did something. Oh, did, did you enjoy this? And they're like, oh, like, I don't know you or we don't have that relationship. Why do you know this about me? Because so we put it out there. Someone else put that out there for them. Right, right. right. Someone put it out there for them. So respecting yeah. their privacy, asking permission, not embarrassing them. Um, and, I mean, not just embarrassing them, but being careful what you post about your kids. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, you see people posting pictures of, like, their babies in the bathtub and stuff. Mm -hmm. That yeah. poor kid's going to grow up someday. Yep, it will resurface. <laughs> and it'll be it's there. there forever. If you didn't delete it or mm -hmm. somebody downloaded it while you posted it. Or, yeah, or it could be used for um, not good purposes. purposes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be careful with that. Um, and if you do follow your kids on different social media apps, don't use it to lecture them. It's or the quickest way for them to make a new account yeah. and not add you on it. <laughs> don't lecture them. Don't shame them or embarrass them. Yeah. You know, um, you're there as a fly on the wall so that you can see, you know, what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as we bring this to a close, again, is this a, a spiritual conversation? Is this a godly conversation? I think so. Yes. I think that um, our faith is in every aspect of our lives. And so if, if you have kids in your home, this is a very important conversation and, and faith talk for you to have. If you don't, 
and you use technology, this is also a very important conversation to have about your heart, your heart condition, and how you use these apps. Because you don't have a parent telling you what to do. You are accountable to yourself. So, and, well, and to, and to well, God. and it, to, You have to hold yourself accountable. That's what right. I to say. But it reminds yeah. me of, like, I don't know if you know this song from, it was when I was a little, little kid, but, you know, there's a song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Mm -hmm. For the Father up above is looking down with love, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. That's but it's good. also, thank you. But it's also, you know, be careful, little eyes, because your parents are also watching <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you see <laughs> yes. on, your, on your mobile devices. So um, just a few things, a few resources we want to share with you. Number one, if you have questions about apps or social media or, hey, my kid's doing this online, what should I do? Talk to us. That's yeah, what we're here for. Yeah. If your kid has one of these apps and we just scared you to death, then, you know, we can have a, a conversation if you need help about how to set up boundaries and, and use those things in a positive way. Because again, most of these are set up that they really can be, but um, some of them really have a lot of roads in for bad things. So. Mm -hmm. um, like we said, we watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It's mm -hmm. a great um, resource on this information. And then um, this book, it's called Tech Savvy Parenting, Navigating Your Child's Digital Life. Um, this is a uh, Christian book. It's put out by um, D6, um, Deuteronomy 6, the company. It's really colorful, and it's a really easy read. So um, it's got a lot of these statistics in it. It's got a lot of tips on how to keep your kids safe and protected. So this is a resource I highly recommend. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon. And now it's going to show up on all your phone yeah. ads because I just talked about it because that's how it works. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Do you want to close us in prayer there, Pastor Greg? Lord, uh, I just, I thank you for the blessing um, that social media has been in, in my life, the people I've been able to connect with and, and the great things that have been able to come out of it. God, I pray for all of us, including myself, that you would help us to navigate the waters of technology, that you would give us wisdom, which you said, God, if we ask, you will give generously to all without finding fault. So, God, um, I just think about the way you used common things of the culture to teach and to relate to people and to save souls. And so, God, I pray that we would be the light, that we would spread hope, share the kingdom, Lord, with, with whatever we do. And if we're on email, if we're on social media, if we're on any sort of technology, that, God, you would be glorified because that's what it means to be a disciple of Christ, that we would show you in all that we do. So God, we sang tonight that we love you. God, may we love you with all that we do, all that we are, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and smartphones. In <laughs> Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love it. All right, have a good week. Have a week. good night.